when my brother Kenny was shot, it, it, it was cold day, he had gloves, the gun slipped out of, out of his glove, hit the floorboard of the duck blind, which was a wooden floor, and, and fired. Welcome to the Glorium Deo podcast, where guests share personal stories of growth, perseverance, faith, and service. I'm your host, Mike Thompson. Does God really hear and respond to prayers? Are there key moments in your life when you felt God's presence? Today we'll hear inspiring stories on these topics from Johnny Dunaway. He's a Baton Rouge real estate appraiser who grew up as a Southern Baptist and converted to Catholicism as an adult. He and his wife Ginger have been married 41 years and they have three children. Johnny has been very active in several service ministries including St. Vincent de Paul. Today he'll discuss his brother's near fatal accident in a duck blind and his relative's inexplicable recovery from pancreatic cancer. He'll also share some of the joy he's experienced making home visits through St. Vincent de Paul and while previously serving as a volunteer youth minister. As a youth minister, Johnny often opened his classes asking students to share a moment during the week when they felt God's presence in their lives. His own story centers on a time when he acted quickly to save his brother's life. And he was, he fell backwards and he was leaning against the corner of the duck blind. But I go down to check on him. He was able to squeak out, uh, I need to lay down. And I remember saying, you can't lay down. If you lay down, you're gonna bleed to death. So I folded as best I could a gun case. That was that, like basically the only thing in there other than maybe a thermos or some other gloves. But I folded a gun case and, and pretty much shoved it up on in his neck uh, to compress as, as best that I knew. And I had taken first aid classes as part of my Boy Scout training, but God was present so much in that time. My dad had to leave the blind go, because we didn't have the, the boat. Our, my dad's friend dropped us off and it was a bitter cold day and, and uh, we were yelling into the wind and they thought we'd maybe shot. We were waving and hollering. And my brother was laying in the, in the duck blind, uh, literally dying. And you can vision South Louisiana in the marshes down at, toward Holly Beach and Cameron Parish. The gentleman who had the boat was on the other, way other side of the lake, finally figured something's wrong. And so he comes across the lake in the blowing wind and bitter cold. And he gets my dad, they come through the duck blind and my dad says, stay here. Don't fire your gun, don't go anywhere, you stay here, we'll eventually be back. They're gone, I don't know if my, my brother's alive or dead. They get to the road, they realize my dad in wading across the marsh ripped his wait, duck waders off and lost the keys. They had no keys to a truck, to a car, to anything. They look up, there's nobody in the marsh. There's a white car coming up the road, a white car. and. This guy gets them in the car and they, they're flying. They go, they got to get to Lake Charles. Well, they get, well, you get to the Cam, there's a Cameron Ferry. I've never been there. But the ferry, of course, was on the other side. Just happens to be an oil field truck. And it, some, somehow they find the guy has a radio, a walkie-talkie, a CB radio, whatever. And now there's a helicopter flying directly overhead and he radios and the guy drops on the road in the helicopter and gets him to the hospital. Johnny also described a direct connection between hundreds of prayers for his sister-in-law and the sudden disappearance of her pancreatic cancer. My sister-in-law was diagnosed 
probably a year ago with pancreatic cancer. They, they live in Jackson, Mississippi. And you know, when you hear people say they've been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, you want to be positive, you want to be upbeat, but there's a sense that this is not good. And everybody says, oh man, pan pancreatic cancer is, is fast moving. And we became prayer warriors for her. I'm involved in a men's group at St. George and in an Acts men's group here at Aloysius. You know, we do petitions for prayer and asking those men and their families to pray for my sister-in-law. And about, shoot, three or four months ago, so very recently, uh, she's taken, been taking chemo and losing weight and just losing muscle and just, you know, you, you start to see, see that the effects of chemo and pancreatic cancer and such. Then one day she goes to the doctor and the doctor says, I think it's like on a Friday, I want you to come back on Monday, let's, let's visit again on Monday. And they, so they go back on, on Monday and he says, look, he says, I wasn't prepared to talk with you on Friday because I'm not, I wasn't sure I'm seeing what I'm seeing or not seeing what I'm not seeing. But there's nothing in these last tests that indicates you've ever had anything with pancreatic cancer or cancer or cells or anything. And he says, so I wanted to spend the weekend going over your reports, the previous reports and these latest reports, like, am I reading them wrong? Did the, were the tests run correctly? And he said, I can only say it's a, it's a miracle. Johnny's smile widened as he described the joy he's felt serving the poor through the St. Vincent de Paul ministry at St. Aloysius. These adventures include climbing under fences, and braving no trespassing signs to reach someone waiting for help. At St. Vincent de Paul, volunteers listen to calls from individuals requesting help with rent or electricity bills and make home visits where they assist and pray with these families. Most of the people we see are humble, hardworking people who aspire to do well and provide for their children. And they, are, they don't want to make the phone call. They don't want to ask for, for help. I will never forget another St. Vincent de Paul story was uh, uh, a brother, uh, Paul, who's no longer in, in our parish. But uh, Paul calls says, hey, we, we, we don't like to go by ourselves. We like to at least go with two people. Pa Paul calls says, Johnny, would you, would you come help me with a, with a couple of visits? Oh, yeah, be honored, man. So let's go. He said, we're going to the first lady we're going to lives down the street down here. She's without electricity. She's been without electricity for three days. And I think it was summertime, as I recall. I know it was a sunny day when we went. Because when we drove up, she was sitting in, outside on the front porch, which is not much of a place to sit, by herself. And so we get out and visit with her. Paul goes to his truck after we visit a little bit, and he reaches to the back seat of his truck. And he says, Johnny, he says, I saw our card. We have a card on, on a lot of the people we serve, so we can keep a record of where they are, what, what, what we've done in the past and such. But Paul reached to the back seat of his truck, and he pulled out a small cake. He said, I saw on the card that today is her birthday. So we, I, we walk from his truck, he's got this cake in, in his hand, and we start singing happy birthday to her. And she started crying, was overjoyed because she says, nobody 
I've never had a birthday cake. Now, well, that's hard for me to believe. We take for granted everybody's had a birthday cake. But she said she had never had a birthday cake. Of course, it was ice, and it was, I think Paul got it at Walmart and probably paid a dollar fifty for it. But she was so overwhelmed, so overjoyed. And, and sometimes it's not helping with the utilities. It's just acknowledging that people are exist, that you really are God's child. You really are important to the kingdom. God has not forgotten or forsaken you. you know, that's the beauty of that ministry that fires you up. Oddly enough, Johnny's involvement with service ministries started with a phone call from a stranger telling him she had a message from God. I got a call one evening that got me started in ministry work in the Catholic Church. Karen Gotro, I'll say her name because I love her dearly. She says, I'm calling you because I'm going through the, the pictorial directory and your face caught my eye and God told me to call you. So God told me to call you, so I'm calling you. We've never met, I don't know you. But God told me to call you and said to tell you that you need to get involved in, in ministry work, specifically youth ministry work. And I had three young children at the time. And uh, well, how do you tell God no when, he's, when somebody tells you, God told me to call you and God said to tell you, you need to be involved in ministry work. So that's how I got involved in ministry work. I would suggest to anybody who is not even aware, not even aware that you're being called. If you are called by someone that you think is just Karen from St. George or Karen from St. Aloysius or somebody from work, take it as a call and listen and be attentive and know that God has a plan and a place for you. Everybody has struggle and needs. We need to walk together as brothers and sisters in Christ, affirming and caring, helping each other, carry each other's cross. And that, so that's, that's the mission. This concludes episode two of the Glorium Deo podcast. Special thanks to Johnny Dunaway. If you liked what you heard today, please help others find us by rating and subscribing and sharing. Thank you for listening.